We are continuing our walk through the Gospel of John, and our, our text will be the one that Topper just read for us. As many, uh, some of you know, uh, I just got back from California. I can feel it in my lungs still. There's the fires are raging there. My asthma is kicking in right now, so <clears throat> you'll bear with me on that one. We dropped my daughter off at college. My only girl. My precious little baby. We drop her off at college, and, and she's going to Azusa Pacific University, which is actually a small school by, by college standards, right? And so we're, we're driving to campus to find, to drop her off, and just kind of get her all dorm room situated and all that good stuff. So we're pulling in, and our first sign we were in trouble was there was this big traffic sign that said, APU Student Move-In Day. Traffic will be bad, or something like that. I'm like, oh, that's not good. And there's this line of cars to pull into the college. Thinking, this is horrible. I, I don't even know where to park. Where's her dorm? I don't know. Where do we drop off the stuff? I don't know. What, what do we do? I have no idea. And there's about 2,000 college freshmen and their parents with absolutely no clue. But thankfully, they had signs. And there were signs everywhere. Orientation check-in. Dorm room check-in. Dining plan check-in. There was a line for the laundry room card. <laughs> After we had waited an hour in the orientation check-in line, I'm like, can we skip the laundry room line card? And Matt was like, Dad. I'm like, seriously. Just, you got enough clothes, you're good. Just reuse them, you'll be fine. I'm not waiting another line. But, but they had signs everywhere. And it was helpful, it was good. Because if you know what you're doing, and you know where you're going, and you know the way, you don't need any signs. But, if you're absolutely clueless, and you don't know what you're doing, and you don't know the way, signs are really, really important. And in our gospel reading for today, Jesus has performed a sign. Jesus made lots of signs, and the eyewitnesses and gospel writers of Jesus' miracles they, they call these miracles by different names. And sometimes they call them wonders. And the Greek for that is uh, terata. Sometimes they call them power. Jesus demonstrated his power. And the Greek for that is dynamis, right? We get the word dynamite from dynamis. And sometimes they call Jesus' miracles works. And the Greek for that is erga, like ergonomics, right? You work. But most often, and especially in the Gospel of John, Jesus' miracles are called signs. We see that in our text. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did and believed in him. What did he do? He raised Mary's brother Lazarus from the dead. And many of the people saw this and believed in Jesus. But, some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many signs. 
If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. Then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. When Jesus does a miracle, he is making a sign. But a sign for what? For what purpose? John is really clear in his gospel. He sets it out in the beginning of his gospel in John chapter 2. He says this. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana and Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. In John chapter 2, Jesus does the relatively small miracle of turning water into wine. On a scale of miracles, not a big deal. But it's the first of his miracle, and it's the first of his signs. And he demonstrates who he is. And his disciples put their faith in him. At the end of the Gospel of John, John summarizes all the signs together and says this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The signs point to Jesus. They point to who he is, that he's God in the flesh. And they point to why he's here, his purpose to die on a cross for your sin and for mine. That he might be Savior. That Jesus is the one promised in the Old Testament. Messiah. The one that the people of God have been waiting for for centuries. And he's here. And the signs point to him. Which is nice. It's a nice proof. But the tricky thing about miracles is that you have to believe the eyewitness testimony. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all read about Jesus' miracles and they say, this tells us who Jesus is and why he's here. But, but it only works if you believe the testimony. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if we had like some sort of testimony about Jesus' miracles that wasn't in the Bible. That'd be kind of cool, huh? That'd be helpful, wouldn't it? It might be one more sign. Maybe someone needs just a little bit more proof. A little more, uh, a little more. Wouldn't it be cool? There is. I bet lots of you didn't know this. In the Jewish Talmud, which is a collection of writings uh, from around 1st century uh, through 4th, 5th century A.D. And it's a collection of writings. It's about 6,200 pages long, which means it's bigger than the IRS code book, right? It's quite a collection. But tucked in there is a little note about Jesus of Nazareth. It's an arrest notice. And combined with the New Testament evidence, the notice can be reconstructed as follows. It says this, Wanted, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, he shall be stoned because he has practiced sorcery and enticed Israel to apostasy. 
Anyone who could say anything in his favor, let him come forward and plead on his behalf. Anyone who knows where he is, let him declare it to the great Sanhedrin in Jerusalem. This is what our text is about. Caiaphas, the high priest, says, let's arrest him. And here is the arrest notice. And what is the charge against Jesus of Nazareth? The charge is this. He's practicing sorcery. In other words, he's doing miraculous things. And we're not sure how, but we think it's because of the devil. And so he needs to be arrested. It's a pretty cool little testimony there. Because everyone, even the enemies of Jesus, agree that he was doing incredible things. What they disagreed about was how he was doing it. And so we have an evidence from a hostile witness of the signs of Jesus. It's pretty cool, huh? I was, I was impressed when I found this out. I was studying this text and went, wow, this is, this is awesome. I've never known this before. That's a nice little, nice little sign. That's pretty cool. But, but let's be honest. It's probably not enough. I mean, if you're not sure about the Bible, if you doubt whether it's authentic or not, this little extra witness that's outside the Bible, it may not be all that helpful. It's a great confirmation for those of you who've read the signs and you're already following Jesus, but this new sign probably doesn't do a whole lot for those of you here who are still exploring and investigating. Some people just need a little bit more. More signs or different signs or, or more proof. It's kind of like when I was on that college campus dropping Emma off at school. See, there were signs everywhere. And there were handwritten signs, and they were posted on trees, and there was directions. But to be quite honest, when you're absolutely clueless, it doesn't help a whole lot. And I think the college knew this. So when you pulled up to the campus, this is what you saw. It looked like that. <laughs> I, I'm in line to turn into the parking lot. I put my blinker on, and they go crazy. <laughs> They're like, yeah. They're waving in the window in the car. Emma's like slinking down. I'm like, oh, this is cool, right? I get in the line to park, and the line is just it's, it's going slow and slow and slow. And finally, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And there's this kid who walks up wearing one of those black I Love APU t-shirts and knocks the window and says, Can, do you need any help? I'm like, I don't know where to park. And, and uh, he says, well, what dorm are you moving into? I don't know what dorm I'm moving Emma, what dorm are we moving into? Adam Saul. Oh, you're in the right line. Just keep on going. There'll be a place to park. Park the car. Open up the trunk. Three kids walk up. Hey, where are you going? And start unloading the car for us. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, Adam Saul. Look, you're going to love it here, right? Put the stuff out. Put the stuff out. They, they look like this. They're carrying everyone's stuff all around college campus. I'm like, I got a fridge in the car. A little mini fridge. Oh, yeah, we got that. Okay, pull that out, right? Then they're like, well, yeah, I can't actually park here. You can only unload here. But uh, one of you can stay and watch the stuff, and you can go park the car at the other campus. 
You'll find the trolley and we'll bring you back here. And sure enough, there's people at the other campus. They're like, here's the trolley. Come on this trolley right here. You're doing great. Hit the trolley. Then they have like a welcoming line. It was, I mean, they're like, yeah, welcome to school. Go through the line. You're like, oh, woo. Right? And we figured it out. Because they were living signs. They were living signs. And they pointed the way. And they were everywhere. They were everywhere. They were cheering. They were dancing to music. They were directing. They were guiding. And they were saying, you're going to love it here. They were living signs. See, Jesus did signs and miracles and wonders. And he left his disciples and said, write about this. Tell other folks. But he did something more. Jesus dies upon a cross for your sin and for mine. He redeems us, buys us with his very own blood. And not because of anything we've done, but because of his incredible love and forgiveness and grace to you. And then rises from the dead to give you his life now and always. This is the most incredible treasure and gift you have ever been given. And then Jesus does something absolutely unfathomable. He says to his disciples, go and make other disciples by baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Bye-bye. And ever since then, through the guiding of the Holy Spirit, the church has been called to be a living sign. So that whoever wants to know what Jesus' love looks like, what God's grace feels like, what God's love and power is sort of like, all they should have to do is look at you. You are a living sign. Personifying, modeling, imitating the love of Jesus Christ. That's who the church is called to be. A lot of times when people come here for the first time and I meet them after the service, the first thing they'll say to me is something like, you guys have the longest meet and greet time of any church I have ever been to. I'm like, yes, yes, we do. It's on purpose. Because we're living science. That's what we do. And sometimes as living science, we're just, we're just cheerleaders. We love you. It's going to be okay. Sometimes as living signs, we're, we're mentors. Oh, this is what God has called us to be. We give directions, instructions. Sometimes as living signs, we're just comforters. It's going to be all right. 
you can leave your kid here. You can go home now. It's going to be all right. You know, there's comforters. Who's God called you to be? Who's God calling you to be a living sign to? Because there's someone in your life that you love who doesn't know Jesus. And you can give them a Bible. And you can give them some nice books to read. And all the eyewitness testimony, all the signs. You can give it all to them. And it won't make a lick of difference. But if you be the sign, it makes all the difference in the world. Who is God calling you to reflect the love of Jesus to? And if you're here investigating, if you're here just checking things out, we are so glad that you're here. And we would like to be a living, loving sign to you. We would like the honor and the privilege of being a living and loving sign to you. And we would love it if you let us know how we can best do that. Because that's why we're here. It's the only reason why we're here. I mean, the coffee's okay, but it's the only reason why we're here. It's why we exist. It's why the church around the world exists. Because Jesus Christ died and rose and loves you. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may it guard your hearts, your minds, in Christ Jesus our Lord for life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us to be living signs. Help us to be encouraging the hopeless, strengthening the weak, mentoring those who are unsure. And in all ways, Lord, uh, resting in your love. Encouraged by your strength, Lord God. You are the best treasure any of us have, have ever been given. Help us to reflect you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.